what an honor and privilege it is to share God's word with you all today. For those who are here for the first time or watching online, welcome. My name is Anthony. Uh, some people call me AB, and one, I'm one of the staff here at our church. So now let's get started. Now, the past couple of weeks, I really struggled to finish my sermon, you know. And I was really thinking about this, like there's many reasons why preachers struggle to write their sermons. One would be that they would read the passage and have no idea what it's saying. Uh, Another would be that they didn't have much time to work on it. But for me, it was I was preaching on rest when I myself was struggling to rest. You know, and I was really wrestling with it and wrestling with God about it. And, you know, there were moments of like, should I just change the topic, or, but it's too late? Or should I just tell James I can't do it and just leg it? <laughs> but um, as I was spending time in prayer, I think God really humbled me because at the end of the day, it's not about me, you know? It's about God and his word. And I truly believe that even though I'm struggling to rest, that God's word is always true. And it should be enough for it to stand on its own. So here I am, and I'm really excited to share God's word with you all today. And I know we've been going through the series of Jonah for the past four weeks, so we've been going through chapters and chunks. But this time I just thought to slow down a little bit more and just spend a bit more time on three verses in the book of Matthew. So let's get started. Matthew chapter 11, 28 to 30. Matthew chapter 11, 28 to 30. For those who don't have your Bibles, the words will be up on the screen. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for the word that we just read out. We acknowledge that your word is light, and that it shines a light on the darkness in the world and in our hearts. Be with us as we dive into the word and what it means to truly find rest in you. And we pray for our time after the sermon to reflect, to understand, and to ask questions. We pray for you to continue to encourage and even challenge us through this sermon. Amen. So kids do the strangest things. Now, for those who have kids of their own, I'm sure you can relate. And one thing that I remember about my childhood was that we almost never went to the beach. Now, as a kid, since I lived in Campsie, which was not far from here, that it was so far to go to the beach, and my Korean parents didn't like swimming. And maybe we'll go to the beach once every two or three years. So I remember as a kid being really excited to go. And for some reason, one of the things that I loved to do at the beach was collect rocks. Yeah, I know, I was a pretty strange kid. <laughs> so I would go to the beach, 
and I would go searching for these rocks. You know, they're shiny. They come in different shapes and sizes and textures. And it's like Pokemon, you know, you've got to catch them all. <laughs> so I would take them and I find something I really like and I would put it in my bucket. And by the end of the day, my parents would see me and I would have this bucket filled with rocks and my pockets would be filled with rocks. <laughs> but even to this day, we're all collecting rocks. Now, it may not be physical rocks, but as we journey through life in our broken bodies and in the broken world, we're accumulating more and more burdens in our spiritual buckets. Now, maybe you're being weighed down by these rocks at the moment, or maybe you aren't even aware of the baggages and burdens that's weighing you down. But let me say this again. As we live in this broken world, in our broken selves, we are going to carry burdens and baggages that makes things harder and harder to find rest. And the beauty of today's word from God is that even though we're struggling to rest, he invites us to find rest and peace in him. And now for a quick preview of the sermon, I'll be moving through Matthew 11, 28 to 30. And this sermon will be divided into three sections. One, the invitation to rest. Two, the promise of rest. And three, the peace in rest. Now let me say it again for those who want to write it down. One, the invitation to rest. Two, the promise of rest. And three, the peace in rest. So number one, the invitation to rest. Verse 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So who are the weary and burdened? You know, when Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, who is he talking about? Now we can dive into the context at the time of Jesus and see that they were burdened by two main things. One was the burden of religion. Now at the, first, at the time of the first century of Palestine, there were these group of Jewish people and they were hounding these people around them to follow these rules. Uh, Pharisees were one of them. You might have heard of them because they're kind of the bad guys in Jesus' stories. And they were saying, if you want to come to God, you don't only have to follow the Old Testament laws, but all these other laws on top of it. You know, we could see that they created 39 different categories and 39 additional categories of rules and regulations for them to follow, and they pushed it onto the people. You know, you've got to do this. You can't do that. You can't go to God unless you follow all these rules to get to him. And the second burden they were facing at the time was the burden of the world. You know, at the time, the people were under the rule of the Roman Empire, so they had to do things like pay crazy amounts of taxes, they had to work hard for their masters, and they had to worship the emperor. And I want to spend a bit more time talking about this particular burden, because 
I don't think we realize how much of this burden that we bring into our church. You know, how much of the burdens and the pressures of the world takes us away from resting in God. You know, something Dad said on Steve last Sunday that really spoke to me. You know, he said that the world was operating. The world was operating on the system of the pharaohs that were told to make bricks without straws. And if you can't get this analogy, let's put it in other ways. We're told to make cake without an oven. We're told to take photos without a camera. We're told to meet all these deadlines when we don't have enough time. You know, in other words, the pace of the modern world makes us more and more weary and burdened, and it will make us restless. You know, we hear terms like, I can rest when I'm dead. The daily grind, work hard, play hard, get get ahead while you can. And this bitterness culture of the world makes it so that we can't ever truly have rest in God. You know, we don't have to look far to see this. You know, there's an epidemic of anxiety in this world. You know, there's an increase in people needing to distract themselves with social media and streaming services. You know, there's all these studies coming out with people struggling with mental health, um, the increase in feelings of loneliness, and people self-medicating, and the ride in mental burnout. You know, we live in a world that can't ever fully switch off. You know, here's a quote. If the devil can't make you sin, he will make you busy. Adrian Rogers. Now pause. I don't think Adrian Rogers is saying being busy is necessarily a bad thing. Like there are times where we should be busy. There are times where we should make the most of the time that God has given us. But I think what he's addressing is this more common and pathological kind of busyness. You know, this busyness that takes our attention away from God. You know, this busyness that makes it so that our our attentions are focused on on the other things. You know, the busyness where your soul is feeling so rushed and so hurried. You know, there's always a cost. You know, go to the beach collecting rocks without sunscreen, you're going to get sunburned. You know, you not study for your exam and you end up failing it. And if we keep running in this busy and hurried nature of the world, we will struggle to find rest for our souls. And if we aren't careful, we can fall into this trap ourselves. And how crazy is it that the burden of religion and the world that Jesus addressed at that time is true for us today? And we're all in need of this rest that God provides. And God invites us to come into his rest. And number two, the promise of rest. You know, Jesus promises twice that he will give you rest. Let's read it, verse 28. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. And now here's the question. Jesus said, I will give you rest. You will find rest for your soul. But how is God going to give it to us? 
and we can find the answer here in verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Now the word yoke isn't a word that we use that much today. And because most of us here aren't farmers, we probably never have to. But the word, the concept of a yoke is that it's this wooden kind of thing that you put on the neck of two animals. And you can use that to just navigate the animal, to push a cart or plow a field. And you can sort of make it move, stop, pull, push, turn left, turn right. And what we need to know is that we're all yoked by something. You know, whether it be your own desires, the world, the pressure of meeting others' expectations. But Jesus says, take his yoke. Because unlike the yoke of the world, where his masters are demanding more and more of you, or the economy of the world that demands you to work and work to get ahead and make something of yourself, Jesus says his yoke is easy and the burden is light. You know, my brother Tan, who couldn't make it today, um, coaches Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And we're chatting about this a while ago, but I was like, how do you train someone? You know, and he said, when you roll and when you grapple with someone who's new and someone who's less experienced, um, you hold back on some of the moves and you go a little bit slower just so they can get used to the movement and they can get used to the speed. You know, you can't learn from someone who's demanding too much or forcing them into positions without knowing what to do. And I feel like that's how God is with us. You know, he knows how broken you are. He knows the areas in your life that's not quite there yet. But he's gentle and humble enough to meet you where you're at. You know, Charles Spurgeon speaks about this. Of the four books in the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you know, we hear a lot about Jesus' birth, his travels, his baptism, his ministries, what he did, people he saw. But here in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, it's the only time where he tells us specifically about his own heart. You know, a lot of the times we see through his actions and his words that things are implied. But here he takes off this veil and reveals and opens up a bit about the mystery of who he is. And he reveals to us that he is gentle and humble in heart. So when he said, come to me and learn from me, you can be sure to find rest because we can trust in his heart and his character. So now that we've seen the invitation to rest and the promise of rest, we come to the final part, the peace in rest. Now peace and rest comes hand in hand. You know, you can't have rest without peace. You know, when a soul is at rest, it's a soul at peace. You know, as part of our Cambodia mission preparation, we've been going through a book called Soul Keeping. And I'd like to read you something from the book. The soul craves rest. Our wills sometimes rejoice in striving. Our bodies were sometimes made to withstand challenge. 
and our minds get stretched when they must focus when tired. But the soul craves rest. John Oldberg. I'll read it again for those that missed it. The soul craves rest. Our wills sometimes rejoice in striving. Our bodies sometimes were made to withstand challenge. And our minds get stretched when they must focus when tired. But the soul craves rest. What he's saying is that our minds, our bodies, and our wills, they're just fine when they're working and doing things. But our soul needs rest. And unless our soul gets this rest, we will never have peace. John 4, 13 to 14, Jesus tells the woman in Samaria, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of life welling up to eternal life. So Jesus is saying, everything in this world will fill you temporarily, but what I can give you lasts eternity. You know, I want to go back to Genesis for a moment. You know, the story of creation. You know, in the creation story, God creates the heavens and the earth, the land and the seas and all the living creatures. And he creates man and he saw that it was good. And on the seventh day, God institutes rest. You know, so this rhythm of creation was good. The rhythm of work and rest was good. So when sin enters in Genesis 3, the rhythm was disrupted. You know, in came the system of the world, in came the system of the pharaohs. And it only disrupted this rhythm, but it created a divide between God and humanity. And throughout the Bible, we see this downward spiral of humanity. We see this downward spiral of people becoming further and further away from God. You know, we see this brokenness in the relationship between themselves, each other, all of creation, and ultimately with God. So when Jesus says, I will give you rest, it's the restoration of the rhythm that we were created to follow. You know, it's this restoration you know, this is something that we need to get our heads around. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, it's this, rest, it's this offer to come back into this rhythm again. You know, a rested soul is a soul at peace. So Jesus said at the end of John 14, before he leaves his disciples, John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives it. You know, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So how do we apply this in our lives so we can find rest in our souls? Number one, accept his invitation. You know, we've looked at the universal burdens of religion and the world. And Jesus said, the best thing I can offer you right now is rest for your soul. You know, if you knew who I was and what I had to offer, you wouldn't even hesitate to come to me. You know, come to me in your doubts. Come to me when you're weary and burdened. You know, you shouldn't be carrying these burdens that you weren't meant to carry, and you shouldn't be carrying them alone. 
And this invitation is such a gift. You know, maybe you're here for the first time, or maybe you've been here for years, but ultimately we are all in need of this rest. You know, one thing that I was really shocked to know when I first became a Christian 10 years ago was that there's a God that is gentle and humble in heart. You know, I grew up thinking God was this mystical being up in the sky, you know, judging us and telling us what to do and punishing us when we're doing things wrong. But when I read scripture and when I started talking to others about God, I saw that God wasn't like that at all. You know, his heart is wanting to know you personally, not to put burdens on you. And I hope that as you think about this sermon throughout the week, or maybe even read Matthew 11 again for yourself, that maybe you can consider or accept this invitation to you. You know, I've got two other applications, but if this is what you need to focus on right now, then that's your application for the week. But let's move on. Number two, make time to spend with God in solitude. And, you know, all the introverts in our church are going, yes. You know, we see that throughout the Gospels, that Jesus, in his busyness and in his struggle, that he withdraws and spends time in solitude. You know, Luke 5.16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Mark 6.46, after leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Matthew 14.23, after he had dismissed them, he went on a mountainside by himself to pray. You know, how do you learn from God? One, by spending time with him in prayer and reading the word. And if you don't know where to start, I would suggest this. Pick a time and place in the day where you're least likely to be disturbed, whether it be the morning or the evening. And just pray. Just pray a simple prayer or just read a passage in the Bible and reflect on it. Because unless you know God personally, you know, unless you can make time in your life where you can reflect on who God is, the anxiety-driven culture and restlessness of the world will create more burdens for our soul. And number three, share and be connected in church community. You know, just like the story I shared at the beginning, we are all collecting rocks. And as long as we live in this broken world in our broken selves, we are all weary and burdened by something. And sometimes that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, there's comfort in knowing that our church community can share in the same struggle. You know, that the beauty of the church community is that there are times when I've been struggling and they were able to come into my life and ask me how I'm really doing. You know, prayer is so powerful and they prayed for me, they encouraged me with the word and they reminded me again to see the bigger picture. And the beauty of church is that we're all the same. You know, we're all carrying burdens. And it should remind us that we're not created to follow the rhythms of the world, but the rhythms of God, the Creator. So to recap on the sermon, we learn that through Matthew 11:28 28 to 30, 
One, the invitation to rest. Two, the promise of rest. And three, the peace in rest. You know, and I thank God that even in my own struggle to rest at the back end of the year, that we can always go to him in our weariness and our burdens. And that he invites us to spend time with him. And I thank God for our church community as well, that we can share in these struggles together and find joy in knowing that this life isn't the end. Let's pray.